What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belbit DeVoe. Yours truly, Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. I am Iyama Van Zandt. Hey, y'all. This is your girl, Latoya Luckett. Music and features from a woman's perspective. Intriguing conversation. The Swag Award. Espresso. The Mocha Mix. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. Super Bowl's coming up, followed by the All-Star Game, so we're talking sports. Mm. Joining us is Mike Hill. Sports fans know him from Fox Sports 1. Housewives fans know him from Real Housewives ATL. Can I call you Cynthia Bailey? Yeah, yeah, I'm used to it. (laughs) Cynthia Bailey's boo, fiancé, a man, whatever. I'm good with that. Mike Hill's here. We're going to talk about everything from that explosive Aaron Hernandez documentary to the fate of the phenom Duke player. Zion Williamson, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Let's do it. Cafe Mocha begins now. Cafe Mocha, Angelique, hanging out with us this weekend. Mike Hill. Yay. Fox Sports 1 commentator, anchor. (laughs) Also, the Mike and Donnie show on Fox Soul TV, weekdays at 11 p.m. Eastern. We'll talk about all that stuff, but can we just get straight to football? Let's do it. Let's do it. I love it. I just want to know how you feel about the upsets in the playoffs. Because I am so glad that the Patriots are not in the Super Bowl. Well, can we begin right there? That yes. the Patriots aren't as a New York Giants fan to my Giants, which has they have been terrible for the last four or five years. If they can't go to the playoffs, as long as there's not a team from the Boston area that's doing something well, I am so satisfied. But I look at the two teams in the Super Bowl, and I kind of expected the Kansas City Chiefs to be there because they got this kid named Patrick Mahomes. My homies. He is incredible. There is by far nobody in the National Football League that I would much rather start a team with more than Patrick Mahomes, and there's no one even close to being second. Maybe Russell Wilson with the Seattle Seahawks. But Patrick Mahomes, this guy has been dynamic. Going to read, this is the main reason Kansas City's in the, in the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years. And then on the other side, San Francisco 49ers. Man, this is a team that won four games last year, and they're going – back to the Super Bowl wow. for the first time since 2012. So it should be dynamic. I, You know, I like to see competitive teams mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl because, you know, I like rooting for teams like the Titans and yeah. the Panthers and, yeah. you you know, but then a lot of times they get there and they just don't have what it takes to win. Yeah. Um. I mean, I love that with the McHenry dude. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, he's like a turbocharger. Uh-huh. Nobody can stop him. But I'm looking, yeah. I'm like, man, I love you. Yeah. I love what you're doing. But can you win the Super Bowl? Because yeah. I want to see a competitive game. Well, that's what it's all about. You want to see the competition. That's what I love about the NFL. There's so much parity in the NFL every year when you start up. Like I said, I'm a Giants fan. I know they are terrible. I know they're horrible. But next year, this time, uh, next year when the season begins, I'm going to think they're going to be able to go to the Super Bowl based on what happened once again with the 49ers winning four games last year right. and getting all the way to the big game this year. So you definitely want that competition. Like you mentioned, Henry, uh, with the Tennessee Titans, man, has been a beast. Yeah. Uh, they kind of took him out of the game plan because they got behind in this game or whatever and uh, trying to catch up trying to pass the football instead of running the football but I love the NFL because of the parody because on any given Sunday and it's an old saying yeah any given Sunday any team can knock off any other team and you know but at the end of the day you got to have talented players and you got to have a coaching staff that is putting together a, a game plan that those talented players have to execute so since you brought up the Giants yeah um, I, I just have to ask I'm depressing myself I know no 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 <laughs> because we have a lot of Giants fans yeah. and we want to know what's going to happen with the new management what's going to happen with the team next season what yeah <sighs> I don't you know what I, <laughs> 
Can I can I tell you something, Angelique? Um, I, my my daddy wasn't in my life. <laughs> he wasn't, and, and he wasn't in my life, and I mm-hmm. wanted my daddy to be in my life. And but every weekend, my mom would say, you know, maybe he'll show up this weekend. And I would be there waiting on the on the stool and waiting for him to show up. I know he that didn't, feeling. He didn't show up for I know me. That feeling. So you know what I've learned how to do with my my sports team, especially with New York Giants. Don't expect it. Don't expect. And if it happens, it happens, and it's a good thing, and it's icing on the cake. But when it comes to New York Giants and everything that they're going through, I know Eli's gone now. They got Daniel Jones as quarterback in his second season. We'll see if Saquon Barkley can come back and be the player he was last year uh, before the injuries uh, hampered his uh, season this year. But uh, look, I just. <laughs> I pray for the best, but I don't expect anything. Okay, I'll just put it that way. So we'll see what happens. Who's winning Super Bowl? You know what? I, I, it's I, San Francisco 49ers have a great defense, uh, and you know when they got guys like Mostert who did what he did uh, over the weekend with over 200 rushing yards, and Jimmy Garoppolo not even having to pass the ball that much, but and Richard Sherman getting them back there with that defense, and they got the Rookie of the Year on defense as well. Um, it's hard to go against them because of yeah. how consistent they've been all season long. But the Kansas City Chiefs, they're just hot right now. And once again, they got Patrick Mahomes, who I just believe uh, you put him in any situation, he's going to carry and he's going to get the ball uh, in the right spots and he's going to carry your team uh, to victory. I mean, you saw what happened when they were down 24 nothing against the Houston Texans yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then they were down by a couple of uh, touchdowns or uh, 10 points uh, on Sunday, uh, uh, you know, in, in the NFC Championship game against the Green Bay Packers. I mean, uh, against the uh, Tennessee Titans. And he was able to bring them back. So this guy's been like a miracle worker. And I cannot go against Patrick Mahomes the way he's playing right now. Well, I'm going for the red team. Okay, you're going for the red team? There you go. That's the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs, all right. <laughs> I'm betting on them. I'm the, winning. The red, San Francisco kind of red-ish now. No, they're both red. Okay, but right. I, I am a, I am a, a Mahomey, Mahomey uh, fan. That's your, you a Mahomey? I'm a Mahomey fan. It's hard fan. not to be a Mahomey. But you know what's so great about this? It's like, so Patrick Mahomes won the MVP last year. And more than likely, another black quarterback is going to win the MVP in the NFL this year. Guy named Lamar Jackson with yeah. the Baltimore Ravens. You know, and then you got Russell Wilson. You got three quarterbacks right there that who are – in the top five, if you had to name the top five quarterbacks in the NFL this season, they got three of them that are African-American quarterbacks. And you know how far we've come when it comes to how people perceive uh, black quarterbacks right. in this league or whatnot. So i got to give a shout-out to that as well. And think about this, the San Francisco 49ers back in the Super Bowl for the first time since another black quarterback took them to the Super Bowl back in 2012. You know who that was? No. Uh, look, <laughs> I'm going to take a knee on that. I'm going to take a knee on that. That's <laughs> Colin Kaepernick did that. You know, while we're talking about the race issue, mm-hmm. um, 75%, I understand, of the players are black. Yes. 70% of the general managers slash general managers are white. When do we get 99%. Like 31 of the 32. <laughs> All yeah, of yeah, them. pretty much. All the yeah. owners. Yep. Most of the general managers, mm-hmm. you know, they have these laws in place, mm-hmm. these rules in Rooney place. Rules, yeah. Yes, to mm-hmm. assist in helping find coaches and management. Is any of this working or is it just lip service? I think a lot of it is lip service. I think a lot of it is, you know, what I like to call putting uh, wallpaper over an ugly wall uh, just to kind of hide it. You didn't fix the hole behind the wall. You just put wallpaper over it to kind of 
uh, put a couple of representatives out there uh, to uh, allow you to see what they want you to see, but not necessarily fixing the problem. You even go back to the whole Colin Kaepernick situation when it came to him getting a workout. Whichever side you're on, I think Colin Kaepernick did some things that kind of screwed himself over, to be quite honest with you, but that's another topic for another day. But I also think the NFL even set that up just so that they can make themselves look better right. in the uh, in, in, in when it comes to public opinion. So when it comes to uh, all the uh, the hirings in the NFL for not one African American to get a job, when you got the two uh, coordinators uh, in this game in the Super Bowl who are African American and Eric Bieniemy as the prime one, not even getting being able to get a job. And you always talk about if you got a good season as an offense coordinator or a defense coordinator, you should be next in line for an NFL head coaching job. Right. I don't see it working the way it was intended to work. Now, what's crazy about it is the Rooney rule is put in place and it's named after uh, a man named Mr. Rooney, who was the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, owner or whatnot, his family owns the team. And uh, Mike Tomlin actually got his job, the coach of the Steelers, because of that rule. And, of course, he's gone on to win the Super Bowl and he's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. But when you see that the uh, number of African-Americans who aren't being hired uh, in the NFL as head coaches or as even general managers, how can you say it's working? Yes, they're getting opportunities to actually come in and interview, and a lot of people say, well, that gives them a leg up when it comes to seeing what the process is like. But if they're not getting the ultimate prize, then obviously there's something that's wrong and something that needs to still be fixed. You know, it it sort of blew my mind. Uh, I was watching that Andre Rise and Left Eye documentary on Lifetime. I want to see that. Worth it. Yeah, okay. Painful, but worth it. Okay. And seeing that he's teaching high school football. And not that there's anything wrong with high school football, except how much is Carolina paying its coach? How much is Alabama paying Mm. his coach? Mm. Why aren't they at least getting college jobs? Yeah. You know, I just... Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, you know, you're right about that. Even in college football, when you're talking about, you mentioned the NFL, over 70% of the players are African-Americans, and they still don't get their due when it comes to actually getting jobs run. But then the NFL, you don't see the owners aren't black. Right. You know, it's kind of hard to uh, get into that league. Now, a lot of controversy, we can go back and forth about the whole situation with why Jay-Z got involved with the NFL when it right. came to the whole, you know, uh, Colin Kaepernick situation and mm-hmm. all that stuff and the and the degrees of separation that we have in the black community when it comes to that and maybe he'll set himself up for an ownership position. But yeah, there's a lot of money that goes into it, but you also got to get the approval of the other owners right. to even get an opportunity to even basically bid on these teams or even get the approval of, of actually buying a team once you are approved. So it's a country it's club. Country club. <laughs> it is. It, that's exactly what it is. Club. It's a country club, and they're going to let in the people that they want to let in. So we'll see. And then I also think that if you get a black owner, there's going to be so much pressure on that black owner to <laughs> hire a black coach. Can you imagine oh, yeah. getting – and, uh, an opportunity to own an NFL team, and instead of you no, know, may, maybe the best coaching candidate out there is a white guy this time because mm-hmm. he's won Super Bowls, because he's available, and he wants to coach your team or whatever. What if the best player available in the draft is a white guy at that time as a quarterback or whatever to start your team? What do you do? Because now the eyes of black America and black people all over the world, they're going to be on you wondering if you're going to make the right decision based on your team and what your team needs or based on what the culture wants. You know, that's what one of the things that disturbs me about our race. We get into a position and we can pull other people in. We have enough power to pull other people in. But we know 
the other people. Yeah. They're watching. Yes. And if we start hiring a whole bunch of black people, mm-hmm. then they're going to get nervous. But you look at other cultures, and that's exactly what they do. They get right. in, and all of a sudden, there's a new influx of these and a new influx of those. And with us, it's like, oh, no, I don't want to hire. Even though you've been working with these people for years, you mm-hmm. know them, you know their work ethic, you know they got your back, but you get in a position you won't hire them. But that's okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I totally agree with you. You you got to be – and that's another thing about when it comes to diversity uh, and not just in the NFL but any organization. It could be working at Tiffany's. It could be at, you know, working for Gucci or whatever, uh, any other places that may have had issues when it comes to race before. Oh, yeah. So we always want to get that diversity when it comes to the boardrooms and the people that make decisions. But it's one thing to have a black face in that room. It's another thing to have a black voice. Amen. And that's what Amen. matters. Amen. And then you have to listen to the voice. Yes. You can't just, I mean, because I could just see the monkey charm. Who <laughs> was it? Prada? Mm-hmm. The little, the yeah, little yeah, Sambo yeah, charm. Yeah. I could just see the black gay guy in the corner looking at it like, girl, you can't. I could just yeah. see it. Yeah. But they didn't listen to him. But, but, but see, the thing is, that's why you got to voice it. You got to speak up. You got to be, you got to be almost unapologetic and, and, and fearless when it comes to saying, because if they put you in that room, they no. put you in that room for no, a reason. Mike. No, no, Mike. No, Mike. I know some people are afraid no, to lose their Mike. job, but here's that's the no. Angelique, that's the <laughs> problem that we have is that we're not speaking up when Mike, we know things are wrong. They Be- didn't put us in that. And I'm not going to say in all the cases, mm-hmm. but in many of the cases, we are not in that room to be the voice of Black America. Oh, I know. That, but we are in there for whatever reason, but that's not one of them. So are we selling out? Then that that means we're selling out. That means that we're becoming a token. We're allowing ourselves to become tokens, to go in that room, to get that big check, and just keep your black mouth shut. That's basically what they want us to do. And you know what? We got to stop doing it. I know a lot of people continue to do that, but we have got to stop doing that. And maybe that's one of the reasons And I got a big mouth. And I've never been in one of those executive rooms. But if I see something that's wrong, even when I was at major networks, and I'm still at the major networks, if I see something's wrong, if I see that there's not diversity there, if I see that my people are being mistreated, and I'm not asking for a handout, I'm not asking for somebody to do me a, a, a major favor to give me an advantage, I'm asking for equality. Give me equality and give my people who work hard and deserve equality, give them the chance that they deserve. And not just a chance, give them an opportunity because what the difference between a chance and an opportunity is, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Hey, I'm going to give you a chance to host this radio show. All right. That's the chance to fill in one time. Right. Right. But if you mess up, you're done. You know, you mess up just a little bit. You make a mistake. Give me an opportunity to fill that seat a bunch of times. Let me show you how well I can do the show. Right. Let me make a couple of mistakes here and there. Let me show you that I can adapt and fix those problems and continue to grow and allow the audience to grow with me. That's the difference between a chance and an opportunity. And it's too many times that we're not getting the opportunities we deserve. So we have to continue that fight. And I plan on continuing to open up my mouth, which I have a big mouth. <laughs> I will continue to open up my mouth for justice in this country for all people, not just for black people, but for all people, because I want what Dr. King said. I want equality. I don't want a handout. Don't give me just a handout because you think I'm black or whatever. And that, you know what? I want to keep other people's mouth shut. Give me what you think I deserve, what I know I deserve, what I work hard for. And I'm going to prove to you that I deserve that. And oh, by the way, I'm going to bring other people along because they deserve those opportunities as well. If you show me you deserve that opportunity. I'm sorry. I'm off my soapbox. (laughs) It's Cafe Mocha. We're talking to Mike Hill. More coming up. Catch our flow. Wow, wow.
And it's called The Mike and Donnie Show. We'll talk about that a little later. But we're talking sports. And I don't know if you looked at it last weekend. I guess it debuted on Netflix. The Aaron Hernandez story, whatever. Out of the in the mind of, oh, my gosh. What would you think? Oh, compelling. I mean, uh, the uh, three-episode documentary, I could not stop watching it. I started watching it on the plane. I downloaded it. And I could not stop. I got back to my hotel room, and I just couldn't stop. I knew a lot of it, obviously, because the irony in the whole thing, he's from Bristol, Connecticut. And at the time that this happened, I was living in Bristol, Connecticut, or I was working in Bristol, Connecticut at ESPN, which is right down the road. So people knew who Aaron Hernandez was, obviously NFL players, whatever. You knew the, uh, the story behind it or whatnot. And for our listeners who don't remember, who were like, Aaron Hernandez, yeah. who's that? Yeah. Um, one of the Melendez brothers? No, he was the, <laughs> he was the NFL star yeah. who got caught up mm-hmm. in first a murder, mm-hmm. then another murder. Mm-hmm. Well, a double two murder. double murders yeah. and wound up in prison for life, fiancé fiance. and mm-hmm. a little baby mm-hmm. and was a star mm-hmm. player for the New England Patriots. Yep. Had just gotten a $40 million contract. Uh, he played that year on the $40 million contract. The thing is, right, so you said he had a fiancé. He got convicted of killing the boyfriend of his fiancé's sister. <laughs> right, they, right. Who, who they were friends. And if you look at the documentary, you'll just see, A, how dumb criminals are. <laughs> <laughs> How dumb. He didn't he didn't try and cover up his steps. But what I learned about in, in this documentary is like and I don't have one. Um, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to say it the wrong way. I, I, I'm i not going to feel compassion for. And he was a murderer. Right. Right. But also because I, I, I live with a murderer myself. A lot of people realize that I said this in my book. I got a book coming out called Open, Open Mike. But my stepfather was a hitman, And my stepfather spent the last nine years of his life in prison for murder for hire, had his his wife killed. Not my mom, but the woman he married after my mom. So I also know what it's like to live in the household with somebody who's been convicted of murder. Having said that, I also know that there are things that happen uh, in people's background where if you look at and you see and you start to not necessarily feel sorry for them, but you understand a little bit more about them and said, you know what, man, we could have reached this person a long time ago. Maybe if this person would have gotten some kind of counseling or whatever, maybe he would not or she may not have decided to go down that path. And I think that was the case with Aaron Hernandez. That's what I mean. I'm I'm a chick and I'm sorry. You know, I'm feeling all kinds of sympathy and compassion and all kinds of, gee, if he had only gone to therapy like early. Mm hmm. Around the time his father died, for sure. That's when but he maybe, maybe even before that, mm-hmm. you know, because the stuff that these young athletes have to deal with, they have no idea. No, you know what I'm saying? They don't know what's about to hit them. Um, you see it. Mm-hmm. I see little bits of it, but I feel like all of them should be in some sort of preventative counseling even if it's not with a a phd psychotherapist Mm -hmm. it needs to be with someone 
that is preparing them mentally for what's about yeah. to happen in their lives. Right, right. Um, all I can say is you do not have to be a sports fan or know anything about mm-hmm. the Patriots or Aaron or anything to watch and enjoy this. There's so much in it. And one of the themes that comes up, and a lot of people didn't hear this, was the gay in the NFL thing yeah. and how he was closeted, closeted or at least had had some sexual experiences in his youth and mm-hmm. then while he was in prison. Who knows what happened in between, but are we are we ever going to get past that? I mean, there have been guys who have come out, obviously, I'm kidding, I'm drawing a blank on the Rams player, he used to play at uh, Missouri, who got drafted um, and when uh, Sam's. Uh, right. He, he went in, but he didn't play in the NFL. Never. Uh, it was been, like this big press conference yep. and all this fanfare and then nothing. Nothing. I mean, but but I, I think that's the issue sometimes. Like, you have, I always say this, sports is a microcosm of society. So when you see Aaron Hernandez as a murderer or whatever, you saw Lawrence Phillips did the same thing, not necessarily the same thing, but he was also convicted of a murder of his killing his cellmate or whatnot, and he did a lot of things when it came to domestic violence, you hear that, all that type of stuff. So just because you're an athlete, you make a lot of money, doesn't mean that you are immune from the issues that happen to all people in society. It happens. Aaron Hernandez happened. There are gay players in the NFL right now. There are right. gay players in the NBA right now, baseball right now. However, because of how society still views, you know, gay people or whatnot, and they don't have to come out, a lot of them choose to stay quiet, especially in NFL, in, a, in the NFL because it's such a macho sport. Right. And I think Aaron, if you look at the documentary, he did so much to kind of hide himself, not necessarily hide himself, but um, – he lashed out against gay people. If you if you listen to the documents to right. show people that hey, you know what, I'm not like that or whatever. So he was really trying to put a, a huge beard on or whatnot. Uh, as far as somebody trying to change it, I hope one day they do, um, because uh, we we have to get over these stereotypes. We got to get over these these stigmas uh, that we attach to people or whatever. And, and I think it's all about tolerance, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, it's something that obviously as a gay person you can hide it. As a black person you can't hide your blackness or whatever. But right. we have to try and overcome those fears that people want to put on us because of, you know, who we are if somebody is like that. You know what I'm saying? One of the other topics that comes up, if anyone saw the movie Concussion, uh, is the head trauma. CTE, yeah. Um, is the NFL just going to be in denial about this forever. I mean, the clips in the documentary, you see, you know, the executive leaders going, oh, well, we've got better helmets now. Oh, well, is the reality of this that it causes head trauma yeah. that these people are going? Is there anything the NFL plans to do about it? They, well, they're trying now. I mean, they're, they're, they've, over the period of time, over the couple, last couple of years, they've done a lot of things when it's come to taking hits to the head. I mean, penalize, you know, they're fine players, whatever. They're teaching players not to use their helmets and leave their helmets, especially defensive players, whatnot. Uh, but it happens. It's just part of the game itself. And these days, because of what's different now is that these days the players are educated on it because right. it's not hidden. Back in the day when concussion came out, it was hidden. The NFL knew about it. They just didn't tell anybody about it so that players can have an educated choice 
to decide if they want to continue to do this or not. You even saw in the documentary where this kid Borland, who yeah. was a promising uh, linebacker out of Wisconsin, quit quit after one year because of the concussion. Luke Keekley, who plays with the, uh, the 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 Panthers, Carolina Panthers, Pro Bowler, he just quit because of I think because of uh, results of concussions or whatever. And he's still a good player, 28, 29 years old. So you start to see these players quit early on. And yes, the NFL is trying to do more. But it's just um, it's one of the, the issues that plagues the game. It's almost like working in the mind. Right. And you know you're gonna get something in your there's lungs. There's gonna be something in your lungs. <laughs> right. But you choose to do it because you might get paid a lot of money. It might be something the only thing that you can do. And that's what these NFL players uh, choose to do. I personally would rather hear the owners, the commissioners say, "Look." You see what happens out there. It's dangerous. It we is. pay them a lot. Mm-hmm. We try to take care of them afterwards. But this is what it is. It is what you it is. You want a ticket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And that's that's the thing. That's why I was looking at the documentary and I was saying, you know what? Because of what happened when his dad died, his dad was the disciplinarian. And you'll see all this. I don't want to give it a lot of it away. Uh, but, you know, saw how his life uh, spiraled out of control. I mean, the fact that he was closeted, the fact that his mom, you know, who oh, she started dating. Oh, Lord, that <laughs> I mother. Mean, that, that, oh, oh, wait. When she asked for that million dollars, yes, I was like, mm, yes, I mean, I'm so, flying to Bristol tomorrow. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? So you see the, the, the pressure and all the stuff that's on these players and everything they have to take in or whatever. And then, you know, you don't have somebody that's there to say, hey, you know what? Sit down, man. Let me talk to you. We need to figure this out. You need to get some help. Real friends do that. Real right. friends don't allow you to get away with that kind of behavior. And that's why I look at there's a guy named Antonio Brown who's one of the best receivers in the National Football League a lot of people know about that got cut from this, you know, left the Steelers, cut from right. the Oakland Raiders. Then he went to, well, traded. Uh, they let him go. And then the New England Patriots, Patriots picked him up yeah. and let him go. And now he's doing something on the Internet every week, and he's just spiraling out of control. But he's so talented. But you need to have real friends to tell you real stuff right. and let you know, you know what, what you're doing is wrong and you're only hurting yourself. But you look at that person's past and you kind of understand, like, oh, man. He, he who would that, that be? Yeah. Who would that be? Who would, that, who, who would, who would you talk to? <laughs> well, it depends on, like you said, mm-hmm. it depends on their background. Right. You know, Aaron Hernandez, his dad was there and, and was a former football player. So he had some context to help his son. Mm-hmm. But the average who do they really know that can guide them and steer them for something this big? Well, well you know what? You got to talk to somebody. Let yeah, me, that's me, true. Let that's me, absolutely true. Let me, let me true. personalize this, okay? Um, we all have some kind of trauma in our lives. We don't know, especially as black people, especially as people of color. One thing that we have to get over is the stigma of, you know what? I'm weak if I talk to somebody, if I go seek help from somebody, a professional. Go talk to somebody. There were so many traumas I had in my life. Once again, I'm putting this in a book of things that happened to me that held me back from falling in love with a, a woman. Uh, the things I saw growing up with my father or whatnot, seeing my mom being abused or whatever that I did not know was deep down inside of me until I actually started writing. And when mm-hmm. I started writing the book, it became therapy for me. And I was able to regurgitate. And once I started writing, I started crying. I got right. emotional. I had to allow all this stuff to get out of me. Angelique, if I wouldn't have written this book a couple of years ago, I wouldn't be sitting with you right here today. That's the God honest truth because I probably would have stroked out. On the outside, I had all this, hey, I'm happy, I got this job, high profile, blah, blah, blah. On the inside, I'm dying. 
it's eating me alive. It's almost like a cancer. And with these players, because they got so much that's going on in the inside of them, obviously they, they need help. But they still had to put on this image. Right. They got to put out this facade. You got everything that you get. You and, and people so see people that. Think you so do. you think you got everything, and they say, "What do you have to complain about? Why are you complaining?" Well, you're human too, and probably because you have everything, that means that you have more pressure on you, and you may need more help than the average person. So, who that person is? You got to find out who that person is. First, it's God, in my opinion. Talk to him. And then you find somebody who's a conduit for God to do his work down here. So if it's a professional, if it's your boy, if it's somebody that's gone through something similar to you, if it's support groups, find out who that is. And I'm going to advocate until the day I die that we continue to get this counseling, especially in our community. But everybody needs to do that because, you know, the world won't be the place it needs to be until we start doing things like that. All right. It's Cafe Mocha talking to Mike Hill from Fox Sports 1. He's got a new show called Mike and Donnie. Mm-hmm. It's on Fox Soul TV. We've got more coming up. We're going to talk basketball. Switching gears. Don't you go anywhere. There's more mocha on the way. This is Cafe Mocha. It's Angelique along with Mike Hill from Fox Sports One. Yep. Uh, he's got the new show, the Mike and Donnie show on Fox Soul TV. Yes, ma'am. Um, I I do want to talk about the stuff that you're doing. And you've been talking about your book that you have coming out. But what's up with the NBA right now? Because I'm <laughs> I'm in, you know, full swing with the NFL. I can't do two sports. Right, right. All right. I can only focus on one thing at a time. So one of the things that I've been worried about is Zion Williamson from Duke and mm-hmm. the fact that I didn't realize he hadn't been playing. No, he had missed the entire season. He's back this week. Uh, he makes his debut, uh, you know, Wednesday uh, against the San Antonio Spurs. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, coming out of Duke, Everybody was talking about Zion because of what he was able to accomplish. Uh, the guy is uh, the type of person that can revolutionize the game, the impact that he can have because he is somebody, like you mentioned, even if you're not an NBA or a college basketball fan, you knew about Zion Williamson, much like you heard about Shaq when he was coming out of college, much like you heard about LeBron James when he was in high school. He's that kind of guy that has crossed over and transcended outside of the NBA. Now it's up to him to live up to it. And it's only a matter of time. And coming off that injury, we'll see. It's going to take some time, but I hope people are patient and realize that this kid is still a kid, even though he looks like a grown man. <laughs> a beast. He looks like he's 35, 40 years old, got about three, four kids, he's smoking some black and miles. But, you know, but he's, you know, he is, he's, he's a kid and he's a, a likable guy, too. And um, so hopefully it plays out for him. But they, uh, th- there's another rookie named John Morant. That has been incredible in everything that you expected him to be. This guy is by far the rookie of the year in the NBA right now. He plays for the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, and he came out of a very small school in college. And But you know what? He's having a major impact on the game this year. You know, I wonder, though, when you have injuries like this, when there's so much expectation, what happens to your self-esteem? What happens to the confidence in your body parts? Mm -hmm. What do you think Zion's been going through and what's going to happen as he jumps into the first games of of the season? Well, that's a good question. I I mean, that remains to be seen. And Mm -hmm. like we was talking about before, when it comes to having the right people around you, you got to make sure you got a really good support staff. You got to make sure – and that's why it's really important. I look at some of these – Guys who get drafted and they were great in college or coming out of high school, yeah. wherever they were coming out of, you got to go to the right situation. 
Mm-hmm. You got to be drafted by the right team. You got to have the right support system in place when it comes to the general manager, head coach, your teammates being around you, teaching you about work ethic, teaching you about being a professional. And if you don't have that, a lot of times these kids get lost and then all of a sudden they become what we call bust. And then their careers are over when we're looking at them sideways or whatever. But when they go to the right situation and they're allowed to grow and you got somebody that's teaching them how to grow and to do it the right way and to be a professional uh, and to take care of their bodies the right type of way like an athlete should, uh, they become uh, star, incredible athletes like the LeBron James and the Michael right. Jordans of the world and whatnot. So when it comes to Zion, uh, he seems like he's got the right attitude. Uh, he's with a team that is not good. <laughs> but at the same time, that's what happens when you get drafted early on. You're right. with a team that's not good and you're expected to turn things around. But I think he's got the right personality. And the great thing about it is uh, we've been talking about him since he was like 15 years old, like LeBron James. Right. So he's used to the spotlight. So I just hope that once, you know, if things start going wrong for him over a span of five or ten games, that it doesn't seek seep into his 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 psyche, right. you know what I mean, and allows it to affect him. But once again, that comes with talking to the right people to make sure that you're on the right track to get your mind and your body right to play in this game. I'm not going to go any further. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just I wanted to get into the Warriors and their injuries, but we don't have time for all hey, that. Nobody's watching the Warriors now because they I don't know. have a team. They don't have a team. <laughs> yeah, all you need to know is that the Lakers are good this year and Milwaukee is even better in the Eastern Conference and the Clippers are coming along. All right. End of story. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about your new show yeah. and you're going to explain to me exactly what Fox Soul TV is. Yes. You like our flavor. More music. More chat. More Cafe Mocha on the way in just minutes. It's Cafe Mocha. Angelique along with Mike Hill from Fox Sports 1. You have a new show, The Mike and Donnie Show on Fox Soul Mm -hmm. TV. First of all, let's start with what's Fox Soul TV for people who aren't logged in and apped up. Fox Soul TV is a, a new streaming platform interactive show that Fox Network has started. It's the first uh, over-the-top uh, network that they've ever been a part of at Fox. You know, Fox usually has this reputation. I, when I started at Fox Sports, people looked at me as like, why are you going to Fox in the black right. community especially? Right. Was different entities, not like Fox News Channel. Yeah, yeah. And Fox, if you look at the history of Fox over the years, you go back to the shows like Martin, Living Right, exactly. And uh, Living Color way back. Yeah. Yeah. People don't understand that Fox, the Fox Network, Mm -hmm. was built on us, on black viewers. Say it again. Because in Living Color, it was young shows. Martin. And then it was black shows, yes, yes. you know, and, and we were their money makers for years. And thank you for coming back, Fox Empire. Hello. Empire, all the good, yeah, you know, Star Fox, and all that Fox stuff. Fox yeah. Soul. So, yeah. so this is a streaming service that streaming service. caters mm-hmm. to us. Yeah, to us, for us, by us, but there's content for everybody. So right. it's not just something that like a person who's non-black wouldn't be interested in. You know, so we talk about issues that affect black America. If it's having an impact on our culture, we're talking about it on Fox. So and we got different talk shows. So it's basically a talk format show, four hours of live programming each and every Monday through Friday, every night, weeknight, I should say, Monday through Friday. Uh, We got a show uh, called Out Loud with Claudia Jordan. Uh, Claudia Jordan, a lot of people remember that from Real Housewives of Atlanta, whatnot. She's from a lady's perspective. You know, Claudia's the type of person that will say things. Yep. 
No kidding, Bob. That's why she says it out loud. <laughs> so she gives it from that perspective. We got a guy named uh, Dr. Sean, who is, I think he's brilliant. He's a, 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 a pastor, okay. uh, but he brings the people on, gives it more from the spiritual standpoint and making gotcha. you feel good about you. He's the he's the black Dr. Phil to me, to be quite honest with okay. you. With soul and with Jesus in his life. You know okay. what I mean? He's, gotcha. he's that guy. And then there's uh, the Tammy Mack show. A lot of people know about Tammy Mack. She's a, a, a DJ here in the L.A. area, but she does a lot of performances and interviews on her show. And then there's the Mike and Donnie show. And Mike and Donnie's show is hosted by myself and a guy named Donnie Harrell, a former record executive who has never done television before. Is this is he related to Andre? No, he's oh. not, you know. It this happened to be a radio Harrell? executive. I brought up Andre Harrell, he's never said it. So if he is, he's kind of, you know, okay. kind of shying away from that or whatever. But uh at the same time, it's we have what we call barbershop talk. So okay. if it's happening at the barbershop, they're talking about the barbershop, we're doing it. I call it real, relevant, and raw. It's real because it's real talk from real people. It's relevant because, obviously, we're talking about things that matter in our community and what's relevant right now and raw because it's it's unfiltered. Okay. <laughs> and so I had to ha- I've had to catch myself a couple of times on this show of not really going there. Right. You know what I mean? And saying something I really wanted to say. But on the Mike and Donnie show, we say exactly what's on our mind at every, every segment. Or we'll call you out if you don't, if you don't do it. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And when's it on? It's and, a, well, first tell people how to uh, find the app and yeah. download it. Is there a charge? No, it's free. That's okay. the good thing about like it. Free. It's also free, so you ain't got to even call your cousin up and ask for the password. <laughs> you know how we do it sometimes. Absolutely. Like, can I use your Netflix password? You ain't got to worry about this. All you got to do is download the app. It's on uh, Apple Play. Uh, it's on Fire uh, TV as well. Uh, and anywhere you can, you know, or, or you can just go online on foxo.tv and do it that way. So uh, we also on um, Android and iPhones, whatnot, so on Apple. So download the app. Watch it online, but please support it because there is nothing like this on television today. You know, uh, BET has BET Plus, and I'm not saying anything against them because they have uh, their own lane, but they're showing a lot of, you know, past shows, sitcoms, and comedies, and dramas, and movies, and whatnot. We're giving you live, interactive television in a talk show format. And when I say interactive, I really mean interactive because you can actually call into the show. Oh, nice. You can call into the show. So we're saying something that's full of BS. You can call us out on our BS as well. Okay. You know what I mean? So 866-FOXHOLE is the number there. Or you can uh, even go, uh, while you're watching online, you can go into the chat room. And once again, your voice will be heard on the show. Love it. Okay, so, Mike, I got to tell you, Lonnie's run off, and she's working on a TV show. Yo-Yo's doing, <laughs> you know, she, you know, she's got that reality thing. She's she can't, uh, stuff. Yo-Yo was on our show a couple of weeks ago. I know. She's yeah. promoting us. Yeah. So do you mind coming back next week? And yeah. hanging out. I want to with talk you? about the Oscars. Yeah. Are we talking with you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you. Then I'll, I'm going to come back then. All right. We'll see you next weekend then, okay? Thank you, Angelique. Thank Appreciate you. It. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com.